Welcome to the RAS Laugh, a podcast by RAS Extension. We're connecting growers with research, technology, and best practice. Today's focus is on the importance of the three-way mix post-flush and pre-emergent and what options are if you can't get on your paddocks due to the recent rainfall which prevents trafficability. So as we've discussed, this season's all about the key steps to achieving a high-yielding rice crop. And last episode, Charlie chatted to Mark Grote about why sowing in the correct window is so important so that you reach PI in the optimum period as well as focusing on what seeding rates growers should be aiming for. So last week's episode is available on our website for anyone who's missed it. So just a quick follow-on from last week's episode, we are encouraging all growers to get out in the field and do an establishment count because we just want to make sure that everybody is targeting that plant density of 100 to 200 plants per metre square. So establishment counts are important as because we can't change what you don't measure. It's important because we want to make sure that we aren't introducing a potential issue later in the crop. For example, lodging if the seeding rate is too high, but it also helps determine the decision regarding a re-sow. So if you are looking for establishment information, please check out our October newsletter, which landed in everybody's inboxes last night. Yeah, and there's also an establishment sheet that can be downloaded for people to fill in that's available on our website. So while we're focusing on drill sown crops this week, when we're talking about the three-way mix, Charlie, did you want to give a quick update on the key step for aerial and dry broadcast crops? Yeah, definitely can. As we're coming into the peak sowing window for aerial, it's important to remember the following key steps. First, we've got filling the field within five days is best for optimum weed control and applying a foundation herbicide with two modes of action and incorporating your blood wound treatment within two days of sowing is critical. You should also be regularly inspecting your crops. It's really important if you're aerial or dry broadcast, just to make sure that you've got your water levels right, your chemicals right, and that gives your crop the best chance of getting it clear and even establishment, which is critical for your yield. But this week, we'll turn our attention back to drill sown crops with a focus on the key step number four and five. So step number four is applying the three-way mixed post-flush pre-emergence. And step five is ensuring the second flush is within three days of the three-way mix to activate herbicides and that your water is on and off your paddock quickly. So a maximum of about 18 hours. So we'll gain some insight from Malcolm about the importance of these two steps and some options if you can't get back on the paddock in time. We know that a few growers are a little bit anxious with the rain, recent rainfall that we've just had and the rainfall that is forecasted for this weekend. So we're chatting today with Malcolm Taylor after we've had a few comments and received some phone calls and queries about the three-way mix. So we do hope that you guys enjoy our chat with Malcolm and please feel free to ring or contact him if you have any questions afterwards. Why is the three-way mix so important? The three-way mix is important for many reasons. Um, first of all, you're delivering pre-emergence weed control in the crop. So that means there's no competition from the weeds with the crop 
right from the word go, as against a post-emergence treatment, which would entail the weeds competing for some weeks before the treatment's applied. So we get the best crop response by going with a pre-emergence treatment. We add paraquat in there because it's a cheap, effective, um, non-selective knockdown. So by the combination of the three, you end up with three alternate modes of action, um, one, effectively two on emerged weeds and two on uh, pre, at a pre-emergent stage. So you've got multiple modes of action. And if you go back and look at the history of herbicide development, the common message that's come through from the modelers and uh, uh, the herbicide physiologists is that you should deliver multiple alternate modes of action on the same cohort of weeds. And that's what we do. And it's interesting, the physical behaviour of the two residuals, clomazone, which is a, a water-soluble compound, and pendamethalin, which is a lipophilic and insoluble compound, means they tend to cover for each of the weaknesses of each other. And we time that treatment uh, once the initial germination has started because we don't want to go too early because the pendamethalin would then potentially damage the crop. So we start the germination with a flush irrigation or a rain vent, uh, and then we want to put the treatment on once the field is firm enough to take a sprayer. And that's where we start to uh, get a little anxious and, and where management really comes to the fore because by putting the bromoxone in there, it means that uh, anything, any crop that's emerged will get burnt off. So we're in a race to get trafficability of the field before the crop emerges. And that's where many crops would be just at the moment. Yes, that's what I was going to say. You mentioned anxiousness, and I guess a few growers would be anxious because there has been some recent rainfall, which has meant growers are unsure if they'll be able to get back onto their paddocks in time. So what would you say is the latest stage that they can apply gramoxone? The latest rice growth stage. Okay. Um, a young rice seedling is going to be uh, progressing on the endosperm of the seed up to about two leaf stage. And so if it is still relying on reserves in the endosperm, it may continue to grow even though you've burnt the first leaf off or the coleoptile. Uh, in practice, you're then adding two additional stresses in the form of magister and stomp. So our recommendation is put it on before the crop emerges. You may choose not to fill the sprayer but do multiple reduced loads so there's less weight on the axle so there's a better chance of getting through the field. That hasn't answered your question because I'll give you a politician's answer to your question, which is how much damage are you prepared to, to cope with? The specific answer to your question is that once the first leaf has appeared, you will start to do damage. And if you've got to the two leaf stage, you'll almost certainly kill that seedling. Uh, Stomp has very little uh, post-emergence activity on barnyard grass. Manchester actually has some substantive control. So uh, dropping the gramoxone out will reduce your ability to take out advanced barnyard grass. 
but the magister will still pick up some of the early germinating stuff. So once you've got crop emerged and you're ready to chicken out, that's the time to drop the gramoxone, but keep going with the magister and stomp once you get trafficability of the field. You've answered my second question, which was going to be what's their option. So that's good. So drop the gramoxone if they're too nervous and yep. just go with uh, magister and stomp. Okay. And then you will more than likely let some early germinating boneyard grass escape, but you've got the option of a couple of post-emergence treatments. So the once you've chosen to drop gramoxone out, you can switch to STAM or propanol. It's an old herbicide. Uh, it's relatively expensive. It's probably, well, it's many times more expensive than paraquat in the mix. Uh, it doesn't control silvertop grass uh, and it won't control large barnyard grass and it doesn't work very well in cold weather. Yes. What's the sort of optimum temperature that STAM should be applied in? Oh, I think about anything over about 23 degrees, I think, was the, the label recommendation. So it, it, it was and remains a viable herbicide in tropical rice production, but it's never been spectacularly effective in our, uh, in our growing environment. What's the latest stage, if it takes you forever to get back on your paddock, what's yeah. the latest stage that you can put Stomp and Magister on? without before you start to see damage? Well, the answer is you will always see damage with Magister and Stomp, just simply because Magister tends to bleach things. The later you go, the more bleaching you get for the crop. Uh, in my experience, you won't kill the crop, but our business yeah. is, not, is to avoid injury, and that's why the labels read the way they do and, and the recommendations in the Gloss Crop Protection Guide. Yes, and that is the best place if anyone is looking for information is to go and have a look in the Rice Crop Protection Guide. I've got a few questions just to lead on from Harriet's. Yep. But I want to ask you first, we had a few phone calls over the last couple of days about people and they're thinking of leaving their Gramoxone out, but I did get asked if you can put out Magister and Stomp with a plane if you can't get back on your paddock because of traffic ability. The, the answer is no, you can put stomp out with a plane, but you can't put magister out with a plane because of the drift hazards and the, la the label effectively stops you from doing that. Um, also, Malcolm, this weekend we're forecast to get some more rain. Yep. If people want to use that as their second flush, yep. how much rain would it take to activate your stomp and magister? Well, the short answer to that one is we don't know. But in practice, it works. So, it, it, you know, if you start casting your eye across herbicide recommendations, people will talk, you know, two millimetres, 10 millimetres. We don't know, but in practice, it works. So um, I would have thought that if I've treated on time and I get two millimetres of rain after that, um, it's got plenty of moisture already underneath because you flushed it prior to application anyway. So I would imagine that moisture would be meeting right through the profile and I would imagine that that would work. A lot of imagining there because we don't have an answer yep. to the question. Yeah, no, that's fine. I just thought it's something asked because there is a lot of people who are banking on 
this rain instead of doing a second flush? The amount of rain you get for that second flush, what would be of more concern to me is has it moistened the profile sufficiently to let the coleoptile come through because many of our soils tend to slake at the surface and we're wanting to maximise emergence. So I, I wouldn't be so concerned about whether there's sufficient moisture to activate the herbicide. I'd be more concerned about is there sufficient moisture in that rainfall event to actually bring the crop through. Yeah, and that's a good point. I think that people should know not to rely solely on the rainfall and that they still need to plan for that second irrigation to get their crop up. But we might be lucky. Before we finish up for our chat today, have you got any final remarks you want to make about the three-way mix um, and even anything about aerial sown because there's a lot of aerial sown crops going in down in the Murray Valley now? Um, well, last first, uh, with all aerial sown crops, make sure the bloodworm treatment's on on time. Um, really, I think we've covered the three-way mix. It is highly effective. And I think it's a critical treatment uh, in achieving full uh, yield potential in drill sown rice. Oh, very good. Thanks very much for coming and sharing your words of wisdom, Malcolm. After our chat with Malcolm today, Harriet, what are the key take-home messages that you think the growers need to be aware of? Yes, I think there was three key take-homes. The first one is that a three-way mix is really just the standout excellent foundation for all drill-sown rice crops as it's got three modes of actions that all complement each other. Uh, Malcolm recommends if you can't get back on your paddock in time, just dropping out the gramoxone, but still including your stomp and magister. And interesting, his comments around rainfall um, was just sort of saying that the rainfall needs to be more so concerned about it's that it's sufficient enough to help your crop come through any of those sort of crusting or slaking soils. So it was interesting that he spoke about that rainfall doesn't need to be that much to activate or incorporate the magister and stomp. But definitely, I think the the most important thing there is you want to have evenly germinating crops. So I think it's best probably to follow up with with an irrigation if if you're not certain that you're going to get that nice even germination. That's really important given the rain that's forecast this weekend. Um, They're all really good key home messages. And if you are looking for any other information about what we've chatted today, please look in the Crop Protection Guide as it does give you a list of different herbicide options. And also in the October newsletter, um, Malcolm did do a quick Q&A about what we've covered today. So if you want to go back and review the information, it's also on our website if anyone would like to print that out or keep it um, is a bit of background information. I know it did get shared in the WhatsApp group and there's some been some really good feedback about it and few people have changed what their management will be pending rainfall for this weekend. Next week, we'll be chatting with Connie Mort from Corteva about their new chemical Ajixa. And for many, this is going to be the first time that 
they'll have a chance to use this new chemistry. So we're really keen to get a recap from Connie about the best way to apply this chemical. And to everyone listening in, thanks so much for joining us today. And all of the resources that we touched on today's episodes can be found in our show notes or on our website. We'd really love to hear from you. So please tag us on social media, in Facebook or Twitter and use hashtag RASC21. Please rate, review and subscribe, which helps share our podcast with the wider industry. Until next time, have a rest day.